This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Today's show is brought to you by Yo Radio. The first music and radio platform with stations curated and managed by artists and influencers from across the globe. From Drake Bell to Megadeth's David Ellefson to UFC star Uriah Hall, just to name a few. Welcome to Yo Radio. Yo Radio delivers the best listener experience and is completely free. From hip-hop to rock to blues to EDM, Yo Radio has the music you want at your fingertips. Download the app now in the App Store for Apple devices and in the Google Play Store for Android. Or just go to YoRadio.com. That's YoRadio.com. It's time to step up to the plate with Jim, Steve, Fish, and former two-time Gold Glover World Series champion, Benji Molina. A swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Enjoy the audience! In the last mail, September 3000, a start! Smith, corks one into right down the line! It may go! Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Thursday morning edition of Two Birds on a Bat, your St. Louis Cardinals fan podcast, brought to you by our good friends at the Innovated Companies. Innovatedcompanies.com for all your commercial, residential, construction needs, anything you need. My man, Randy Green, Stephanie Green, his wonderful daughter that keeps him organized over there, is ready to help you out. We've got the plumbing team now on board, ready to roll. we got heating and cooling, which a lot of people need some cooling work done right now. Just, uh, uh, you know, dealing with a little bit of a hot upstairs at my house right now. Electrical work, construction, get them involved early in the process. Save yourself time, energy, and money. That's Randy Green. He's a second-generation craftsman and a man of his word, more importantly. We're coming to you from the patio studios here in beautiful Edwardsville, Illinois, as we embark on another beautiful day here in St. Louis as we prepare for some baseball. Um, coming off a rough, I guess it's a rough series in Pittsburgh because, you know, you really kind of felt like you were going to take two or three there after taking two or three over the weekend. Alex Reyes is on the mound. Everybody's excited. Things don't work out like we thought they would. And the next thing you know, everybody's bitching and complaining again. So here we are as we find ourselves prepared for another edition of Two Birds on a Bat. For the bitching and complaining session, let's welcome in the one, the only Steve Flowers. I cannot believe, A, that we weren't recording the last five minutes prior to oh, you no, doing I'm that. Bring, we're and do I it. don't understand how you go from heated to like calm and cool and, and all this oh, stuff. Yeah. He, this guy is That's professional. That's how I am. Hey, it's listen. That's what I do. He's professional. He's got major league hair. 
This guy's cool as a cucumber. Uh, I, I don't know how you do it, man. I'm heated. I'm standing up. You got me for 35 minutes well, today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to the edge here in a minute. Uh, let's welcome in Josh Potter. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, guys? And, of course, on the M4ByYachty.com hotline, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Benji Molina. What's going on? What's going on, guys? We got full house today. I like it. We do have like a full that. house today. Mo's algorithm will be joining us in ten minutes. I'm gonna I'm gonna save one of my conversations for him that I'm I'm tired of. By the way, I'm tired of the double standard from Cardinal fans on social media. Okay, I'm tired of it. We're gonna talk about it in a little bit. Hey, Jimbo, can you please remind me a little bit later? My brother was here yesterday. We were eating, and he told me a number uh, a number thing that you know, analytics-type bullcrap. And he told me that a number, but I, I want to save it for a little later, but remind me, okay? Are you talking about Jose it was with you? Great. Yeah, yeah, Jose. Okay. Yeah. okay, so you've got something for when we have uh, Mo's algorithm on, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, actually, any any of us. but Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I will save it. So I'm going to save my, what I'm upset about with fans for when Mo's on because I'm going to talk about it and then we're going to get his thoughts on it because I want to hear what he's got to say from sure. a number standpoint. But first thing I'm going to bring up, I'm not going to talk about the Cardinals. I'm going to go back because I'm tired of the hypocrisy. I'm going to go back to this slide from Anthony Rizzo, okay? There's not a damn thing wrong with that slide. Nothing wrong with that slide. I don't care what your rule book now says. The only thing wrong is the rule. That's right. You're, you're a catcher, and you get a double play ball at home. Don't you know that that guy is going to, going to try to take your legs out? He didn't go to the knees. Yeah. He didn't take his knee out. He didn't spike him. What do you mean? He was spikes high. Oh, he was eight God. inches off the ground. He basically he didn't put his spikes in listen, him. He got him with the front of his foot. Listen, that's I've what seen, you're supposed to do. I've seen less damage out of Ric Flair than what Anthony Rizzo did the other night. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you. Yeah, the guy played the next day. He was fine. He rolled around on the ground like a soccer player. That's number one. Number two, let me, let me finish. Okay. Okay. So what do we want to do now? So hang on a second. And I'm all for this. We're ready now. Okay. What we have now is we can't pitch inside anymore. Can't do that. Nope. Can't pitch inside. Um, the, the, this, this new generation of fan doesn't want us to throw at guys nope. that disrespect the game, that disrespect other players. We don't want to do that. Okay. So now, I guess, when we have a runner on first base... And we get a – yeah, his hip goes right over home the plate, hip, too. He didn't slide <laughs> into the a, bag. That's a slide. And he's he's in the sliding into the first base dugout. No, he's not. Look at the picture. All right, stop. Let me finish. Okay, so number one, I guess what we're going to do is, from now on, when you get on first base, if a ground ball is hit on the infield, safety don't base. run. Just get Sa out of the way. First and yeah. foremost, put the safety base Yeah, like 10-year-old girl softball. We're going to get safety base. Safety base, absolutely. They should. They should do that. Absolutely. Safety base. Safety base. Safety base. When you're on first base, if it's a ground ball hit, the runner just gets out of the way. Just Let's peels go, off. Ghost runner. Just peel off. How yeah. about we just go Let's ghost just runner? just go ghost runners like we did in Indian ball. This is getting stupid. This is dumb. Hey, hey, listen, if you don't want to plow a catcher, I get it, and I understand it. That's fine. I never understood why you could plow a guy anyway. I never understood that. But sliding into okay. a guy okay. is let exactly what it's Let me to give be. you he, my point here was real a, quick. The whole job, The whole job of a runner... You're going to love this. Is to make sure. You're going to love this analogy. Is to try to make sure the guy doesn't turn a double play. That's you're, the whole job. You're going to love this analogy. Did you take Benji's Lamborghini and try to pull off the Malachi Crunch on Pinky Tuscadero? No. The Lamborghini, you drive nice and easy. You drive it once a month. 
Okay, you take that old beater, and that's what you do the malachi crunch in. That's the demolition derby. The thing is, what the hell the, does that have to do with this conversation? Well, here's what it has to do with it. <laughs> these guys, these players out there now, those are Lamborghinis. You got to protect them. Okay, so see, that's I, you got to protect. I'm em. not interested in that. Well, then go to the demolition derby. I'm not interested. in Change it. sports because today's baseball is no is nothing about getting hurt. It's about protecting the Lamborghinis. All right. So here's the deal. So, okay. Did you so, see the so argument all- in the dugout? Do you think that was caused by the next guy after Rizzo slid in the catcher? The next guy didn't wear one, 97 in the middle back? That's the problem. You want to stop it? The next, the pitcher, whoever it is, maybe it's Glass now who throws 97, 98, should have drilled the next guy right square in the middle of the numbers, laid him down. Why? Rizzo didn't do anything wrong. Sure he did. No, he didn't. Hey, he... Maybe he didn't. Maybe it was a clean slide. I'm not saying the other slides he had weren't bad. A couple of them were. There was nothing wrong with that one. But the thing is, the next guy should have been drilled. That's baseball. No different than your favorite hockey out there. He didn't. That they don't have the tough guys anymore. He didn't do anything wrong. He should have been drilled. The next guy. He didn't do anything wrong. Now listen. If he would have slid, if he would have took his knee out. If he would have slid late slide. and hit it, there was nothing wrong with the slide. Watch it. Watch it. And so he starts his slide at the appropriate time. Okay. Okay. He takes the front of his foot and puts it into the bottom of his leg, which is what you're supposed to do. So listen. So hang on a second. Okay. So all over the country at 10-year-old diamonds, we're not teaching second baseman how to turn double plays and, and avoid the runner anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. Well, this is stupid. This is dumb. Not anymore. And you know what else we got? And now listen, let me ask you a question. Every middle infielder in the big leagues doesn't want this rule. Because now what they they're getting hurt more now because they got to make sure they stay on the bag, and they got to make I'm sure with you. and they got to tag runners out where they used to when the ball fan beat them. them you just fan them tag boom you're out now they're sticking in there they're not getting out they're trying to get out of the way so they don't break hands and ankles and, and wrists is stupid this I'm is with dumb. You. dumb 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 I'm with you, you. you, you I, seriously I've tagged listen I've at it's second dumb. base I've missed more tags and gotten outs than I've tagged that's people. right for sure it's a skill set that's what you do Benji. You caught your whole life. When you turn the double play from home to first, do you not know that that guy's bearing down on you and he's going to try to make sure you don't turn two there? Heck, yeah, man. That's old school baseball. But like Steve-O said, these days, if they don't want that kind of slide, they put that rule a second. Obviously, it works for everything. So uh, even MLB came out with a thing saying that they should have been a double play right there because he slid off the home plate. I know what you're saying, Jimbo. But his hip was on home plate. Got to go right into no, the no, bag, no. front foot. No, you got to go to the. You got to find. You got to find that line to the plate. That's it. That you can't slide on the sides anymore. Have you but guys? Anyways, but that's the rule that they put. That's what they did. Well, you're asking me, is it okay? I'm okay with the slide. I'm okay with the. I, I catcher is just thinking. Oh, nobody's gonna slide into me. So what the heck? I'm, I don't have to get out. When you put, when you played, did you not know they were coming? When you played, did you not know oh, he was yeah. coming? I, I knew, but th- there was no rule about it. I knew that. that you could go five feet from the back and try to get me. I got Jermaine Dye. I already told you, he broke his collarbone, and I was like five feet away from home plate, and he came and drilled me. He broke his collarbone, but I was – I was outside the plate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there was no rule. Well, have you guys read the rule, the actual rule? Have you read it? Yeah. I mean, it. it, so so Rizzo's slide is is – Technically, it's it's legal. I mean, yeah. it, so that's why nothing happened of it. I mean, he's like you said, Jimbo. He he slid on time. It's not like it was a late slide. He stayed in the same path that he was. His original slide was intended. He didn't try to roll over and you know smack the guy's leg or anything. 
Uh, what was the other one? Yeah, the roll blocker, attempting to initiate contact. I mean, could you say he was a little up on top of the plate or like above the plate where the catcher was? Yeah, but like you said, that's his job. It's his job. That's I, their I job. Just, as like long, said, there's now, a difference no, so between sliding do. into them and just plowing. I, I'm not They're gonna, trying to get rid of the plowing. Show, so I'm not going to talk about this that much more because we're going to move on because we got a lot of stuff to do today. The reality of yeah. it is this. are we, We're going to put a rule in every t- So So now what we need to do is, okay, the next thing that's going to happen is we're going to have – Eight foot, eight foot thick padding all over the field for these eggshells for when they go to get foul balls because I saw somebody the other day run into the wall. So in the next thing you know, we're going to do that. I, this is this is stupid. It's dumb, 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 dumb. They're they're dummying down the game. They're making it like su- this is ridiculous. And, and I and listen, I'm all happy. Whatever, whatever everybody wants to do. But this hey. Diaz guy, and that's another problem. I, I'm going to tell you right now, he rolled around and sold it. He wasn't hurt. Hey, that guy from the natural, the right fielder from the natural, he died running through a fence. I know. It's we amazing. should put padding up everywhere. Yeah, I I hear you. But hey, listen, they I don't want to. already are. They're putting more. Yeah, just keep putting it on there. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, this is a Cardinal show. We're going to talk about the Cardinals today. I've got some stuff to talk about. I'm, I'll tell you what. I, I, I'm going to oh, tell you uh, this. Let me tell one more thing that's been bothering hey, me all year long. Bottom line, guys. Bottom line, the, the rules is what messed this up. If you don't have a rule, this conversation is not even on. Right. Here's what I want. I want another rule. I want the safety base at first. I, I'm and gonna, then the, I'll quit going to games. And then the second thing I want is if you go up to bat and you got shin guards on and elbow guards on and, and batting gloves there and all no this. There is no hit by pitch then. No. No, 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 not that. You have to run the bases with that. I agree with that. You can't go up there at home at, at the plate Taken at bat and then have to get completely undressed. I agree with that. And then go run the bases. I no, you that. need to run in all that equipment. I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I am a hundred and fifty percent with you. I if you wear a freaking elbow guard or a freaking shin guard, why can't I pitch inside? Hell yeah, I gotta pitch inside. Hell with you. You wear all these chest protectors and and, and the freaking batter's box. I gotta go inside. If I hit you, I hit you. And but, and here's well, another thing. You don't want to get hit. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. This is the other part of the rule. If you wear one of them big elbow guards and it hits you in the elbow guard, it's not a hit by pitch. I like that. No way. No way should it be a hit by pitch. No way. I like it. No way. Not if he's not if he's reaching, but like I don't care what it is. Like, like I, it didn't hit you. It hit your it hit your protective gear. Hey, that makes sense too, though. So, all right. So anyway, I, listen. I, I guess I, don't I like it. I like getting fired up. Well, here I'm in about the to get even more fired up here in a minute because I'm tired of the hypocrisy from some fans on Twitter. Oh, it's not hypocrisy. It. The oh, same. It is. The one guy is not saying something two different ways. It's somebody else that's saying it. We'll see how this goes here okay. in just a minute. All right. Before we hit some cardinal talk and uh, and talk about uh, the things that are bothering us today, because I'm I'm frustrated with this team officially. 100%. I'm tired of playing Mr. Nice Guy. I've had enough. So, um, again, this, is, this, is, this team's become bullshit, in my opinion. Bullshit. We're going to talk about it. And it's a couple of the guys that everybody likes so much. We're going to talk about it here in just a minute. Well, good. Before we do, don't forget us, twobirdsonabat.com. I want you to subscribe to the podcast there. It's absolutely free. Going to ask you to do some shopping at, at Amazon. Everybody's shopping there anyway. Click on the Amazon banner. We get a very small referral. Helps us with production costs. Um, means a lot to us here, and, and we appreciate it. You can listen to back episodes if you'd like there, too, although you know, that's, this isn't really that type of show. But you never know. We've had some great guests. Yachty was just on, and, 
and really cool things like that. Social media is where it's at for us. Find us on Twitter, at Birds on a Bat Show. If you're a Cardinal fan and you follow us, we're going to follow you back. It's that simple. We want to know what you're thinking, and we like to engage in the conversations on Twitter as well. Our big ask, though, is find us on Facebook. Simply type in Two Birds on a Bat, like our Facebook page. You're not done. Click Invite Your Friends. Go through your list. Anybody that's a Cardinal fan, invite them to like the page. We'd love to have them involved in our conversations as well. Uh, means a lot to us. Instagram, same way. Two Birds on a Bat Show. Find us, like our Instagram page. We'd appreciate it greatly. Uh, lineupmedia.fm. Couldn't do the show without them and all their continued support. Home now of Yo Radio. Go to the App Store. Download it. It's absolutely free. Uh, I just heard they've got the uh, the guitarist from Megadeth going to be doing the heavy metal station on there. I um, can't believe all this stuff. I sat down yeah, with the general manager the other day, yeah, and it is unbelievable what's happening. The Marley family is going to do the yeah. reggae station on Yo Radio. It's amazing. The They're stuff. up over forty stations in yeah. less than like two it's months. It's amazing. So check it out, Yo Radio. Make sure you download it. It's free. Leave them a review. They'd appreciate that as well to 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 try to build and grow. Uh, means a lot to them. Our producers, Brian Crock, Andrew Allen, thanks for all you do. Special thanks goes out, of course, as you heard me mention earlier, to, to Randy and Stephanie Green over at Innovative Companies. Check them out, innovativecompanies.com. My man, Mark Marcuso, down at Arlington Greens, the uh, the hidden jewel here in the in the uh, on this side of the river, uh, anyway, for sure. Uh, if you haven't played Arlington Greens, especially in a little while, get down there and see. It looks great right now. Uh, nothing helps that course more than some rain and some heat. It's green as can be. It's beautiful. It's playing tremendous right now. They do a great job, and nobody does it better than my man, Mark Marcuso. Tell him you, uh, the, the, your friends on Two Birds on a Bat sent you over there to play some golf. Absolutely. Uh, hey, did I tell did, you what I did on Saturday? No, I heard. <laughs> oh, daddy. So I, so I get on, I open up Twitter, and what do I see? I see a picture of your beautiful wife. At least you were smart enough to take a picture of her and not you. Yeah, so I see M, and here's what I see. So you got to remember, like, if you know Steve's wife, she's this, like, Energizer bunny. She works out. She takes care of herself. She eats salads and shit, right? Right? So what do I see? I see a picture of her, and she's got two big plates of meat fest in front of her at Adam's Smokehouse. We switched seats. I knew you did. So anyway, how'd she like it, though? I know, oh, she's saying, unbelievable. I, I'm sure she, she nibbled. Hey, no, no. She tore it up. And Mike's awesome over there. Mike oh, yeah. brought out that, that cranberry uh, uh, cayenne uh, see, barbecue I guarantee sauce. she liked the turkey and the chicken. Oh, That's her. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Her. Without a doubt. Yeah. Tore the ribs up. We had a good day. Yeah, you can go there and eat healthy. You can go there and eat healthy. There's Loved probably it. nothing better than that turkey and chicken for you. I promise you that. I'm not eating healthy over I was, there. I'm getting my ribs when listen, I go. Listen, I was so inspired. I went out and bought a a pack of three pack of baby back ribs for uh, BMO for Sunday night. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, hey, listen. All right. Oh, it's on, baby. It is on. All right. So let's do this now. It's time to talk about something that's bothering me when it comes to this Cardinal team. Okay, and we're going to talk a little bit about Cardinal baseball right now. Number one, I'm I've had enough. It, we it's t- we need a change. We need some changes here. I. I Listen, do I think that Mike Matheny's a problem? Do I think that John Mabey's a problem? I'm not sure. I don't care, really. But at this juncture, I'm ready for them both to go. I don't really care. I, I, I really don't. Something's got to change. You can't fire guys that make $18, 15000000 million a year. But the makeup and the whole way the thing is done is screwed up. This team is not very good. And listen, I, somebody that everybody loves has got to go. Jose Martinez has got to go. You cannot play first base. Like that. You cannot give away outs. We already have automatic outs in the lineup. Listen, every time Carson Kelly plays. Hey, hey, Carson Kelly, every time he bats, it's an out. Colton Wong. Did he win for the Cardinals this year? Well, he's lost as many as he's won. I've had enough. (laughs) You got to catch a ground ball. You got to catch a ball that's thrown to you at first base. You got to catch a ball thrown to you at first base. 
I'm over it. You are a true hater fan, man. I am so fed up right now. Hey, you, I, you just came out of your closet right now. I am so pissed. I'm so pissed right now. Holy crap, dude. I'm, this guy I, wins way many more games with his bat than freaking defense. I, oh, and my God. if you want to talk about defense, What's this war? <laughs> Jericho has no fucking range. I, I'm uh, with you. Uh, uh, Carpenter can't even throw a damn ball. He can't even feel. I want them all gone. I want them all gone. You just named every guy I want gone. You just named every guy I want gone. You just named every guy I want gone. Are you kidding me, man? Are you kidding me right now? He needs to go to the American League. He needs to go to the American League. Oh, boy, man. That was funny. He needs to go to the American League. I'm tired of all of them. I want them all gone. There's very few guys I want on this team. I'm, I'm tired of all of them. Uh-oh. I've had enough. I, 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 we are finding a different <laughs> way to lose a game every day. Every day. Hey, we've, hey, we've been doing that for the last two years. Yep, same thing. That's right. And that's why I'm tired. Benji, you get in a situation like this, and, and I think Jimbo said it right. You, you obviously cannot get rid of 24, 25 players. All right. So is it is it at the point where if a change needs to happen it, it needs to start with I don't even know if the if getting rid of the uh, batting coach would make would make any headway. Is it time to where you look at it and go okay, we need a different message, we need a a different way um to talk to the guys. Is it time for Matheny to go? That I I think that's well, ultimately well, where you're getting. Well, Jimbo says that all the time, and it makes sense. How do you know the next guy is going to be the greatest guy? How do you know the greatest, the next coach is going to change the whole thing? Right. How do you know the, the next hitting coach? I, I know it might, it might change. Like I said it before, if they want to change, I mean, okay, go ahead, change. That's fine. I don't have anything against it if they're going to change the hitting. But don't blame them. It's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, change the culture. Change the manager if you want. Change the hitting coach, bench coach. You can change the freaking GM if you want. But don't blame them because in this case, these kiddos, uh, the players, they play the game. And Jimbo said it many times. They play the game. Yeah, they might not be like like the guys in Texas might not feel very comfortable with Bannister. Okay, but you can change that. But what assures you that they're going to start winning? Because they're still going to be the same players when when the manager goes, there's still going to be the same guys out there. If, if they fire Matini, Fowler's going to be in right. right. Carpenter's going to be a, a third. Uh, we're still going to have Jerko. We're still going to have Wong. I mean, it's not going to change. Well, let me so, ask you. Uh, uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy, you know, in both ways. Like if they change, I, I'm up for it because something have to try, I guess. But. They're not going to change because who's going to do it? I mean, how do you know he's well, going to change? A manager's not, um, well, to, to Benji's point, a manager's not going to make Jed Jerko have more range. He needs to play third base. He's a good third baseman, a really good one. He has no range. Okay? So here's the deal. He, he's not going to make Carpenter's uh, throwing better. He's not going right. to make Dexter Fowler better. They're just not. The players are who they are. They are who they right. are. Right. But, but, but my, ask, my, my question to Benji is with him being a professional – 
Um, have you gone through a situation where you've had a midseason firing with a, a different manager coming in? W- what does that do with the clubhouse, uh, the, the bench? W- w- do attitudes change? Do people? How do you know? We all assume that all of a sudden there's a change and boom, it's it's better. But what has your experience been with that? Uh, the only experience I had was in Texas when I was a coach, and it was when they fire. Uh, Ron Washington, remember, Ron? Uh, he, he he got fired in the middle of the season, and I was a coach. And mo- uh, half of the team didn't like him, half of the team liked him, right? So it was a really, really weird feeling of, okay, this guy's gone. But the other coaches that the, the team, uh, the players didn't get along too well with, they were still there. So they were still the same feeling, you know what I'm saying? They fire the main guy, but the the hitting coach was there, or or the third base coach, or the first base, whoever. They were still there, so the atmosphere never changed. When they do these changes, and they change the manager, and you are, I mean, as as harsh as this is gonna sound, because I don't want them fired. I'm not. That's not what I'm trying to say. But uh, if you change the manager, and you better you better make sure that you coaches. I mean, either they're they're in with everybody, or if they're in the same boat, man, you might have to fire everybody. That's that's what I think. Um, I I don't think they should or not. That's not what I'm trying to say. But the the reason they fire Ron doesn't matter. He got fired. Everybody, half of the team was like, okay, great, let's see who comes back next. But a couple of the other coaches weren't good with the players either. So the same atmosphere stayed. So it didn't matter if they fired the guy or not. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, if you fire Matini or, or Joe Mabry because the lineup is not hitting, what's going to assure you they're going to hit when when uh, Mabry, a guy that is really prepared you guys to to perform, and you're not hitting? And he might. And he might, he might work, but I don't know, man. I don't know if, if we uh, – you can fire him, but don't blame them. Don't blame them. That's what I, I always say. You can fire and change the atmosphere, but don't don't take your chance and say it's their fault because the player has to perform anyways. Here, here's the thing. Here's where I'm. I, you know, I'm being a little over the top, and I'm going to get real over the top here in a minute. But the truth of the matter is this: <laughs> a good bullpen cures a lot of problems. Okay, cures a lot of problems. You are going to lose games. Let's face it. You are going to. You're and I gonna, told you guys too, Jimbo. I told you if you're winning, nobody's gonna notice anything. That's right. Once you start losing with these teams that you should win or or give it a lot better battle, like Milwaukee, like Pittsburgh. Once you start losing, everything is gonna come out. Everything. Oh, that guy cannot catch a ground ball. That guy cannot play this position. Oh, that guy cannot pitch in the eighth inning. Everything will come out if you start losing. When you're winning, everything is is gold and platinum. Well, once you go down, baby. <laughs> and here's where I'm at with it. So the bottom line is this: if the bullpen does its job, see everybody's going to blame Mike for the bullpen. Okay. Well, guess what? The great, the great Tino, great Tito Francona, is eight and ten in one run games this year. Does that mean Francona's not a good manager? Or does that mean his bullpen's not very good this year? Not as good as it has been. That means they lost they lost two bullpens and the guy they have, Andrew Miller's in the DL. Ah, looky there. All of a sudden, 
It doesn't really matter. It's the guys that have to perform. Our guys haven't performed. Everybody's compl- We've had basically two guys in this bullpen. There's two guys down there that have done a consistently good job. Jordan Hicks and Bud Norris. You can't pitch them all the time. Now, I am going to say this. You can't pitch them all the time. No, they're on my fantasy team. That's why I just wanted you to know know. that I'm a pretty good general manager. Yeah, listen, let me tell you something. You can't pitch them all the time. I don't know what we're supposed to do. Everybody acts like Mike should do this, Mike should do that. Imagine being Mike and looking down there and not knowing which pin on which grenade to pull from game to game. We don't, listen, we are the, I said this for years about center field. We're the St. Louis Cardinals, and we couldn't get a center fielder to control the ball from here to there. We're the St. Louis effing Cardinals. Well, I'm going to say this again. We're the St. Louis effing Cardinals, and we can't get a left-handed pitcher that can get a big-time left-handed batter out? Are you kidding me? Every team in the league's got a guy that is awful but gets lefties out, and we can't get one. Well, I, I, I don't understand it. I, I am... I'm down with you, man. I, I, listen, and you know what? There's going to be a couple people out there going, oh, Jim, you're such a whiner. You, 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 all you did was bitch today on the show. Yeah, that's right, because I'm tired of it. This is the same shit second year. And I'm going to tell you right now, you can fire Matheny. You can fire Mabry. You can fire them all. You can start cutting guys, which they're not going to do. This is on Mo, 100%. And I want to like Mo. Mo is obviously proven that he's unbelievable job at minor league stuff. Unbelievable. His major league evaluation on talent at the major league level is awful. It is awful. And it's time to call the kettle black because it's awful. And I'm going to give you an example here in just a minute that's got me I can't take it anymore. I got to get to this. I got to leave. Let's go. We're going to bring in our man, Mo's algorithm, for this one because he's going to have to get me off the ledge about a guy that everybody wants to love. So let's go now. It's time for bow ties and sweaters with Mo's algorithm where analytics meet the eye test. Mo, my man, are you there? I'm here. How you doing, Jim? Yeah, you're lucky that you're Mo's algorithm because I just unloaded on Mo, but I won't unload on you because hopefully you're going to get me off the ledge about a certain player that – that Cardinal fans uh, keep keep telling me is the future of our club, and that's Carson Kelly. I've had enough of Carson Kelly. Carson Kelly, okay, I love fans. Okay, they want the best players to play, right? So they want Fowler to sit, right? And they want Harrison Bader to play. So do I. Let's be honest, right? Yep. But then they want Carson Kelly to play because he's quote-unquote our future, where the reality of it is Carson Kelly has not done one thing. He has not taken one at bat or done one thing on the field where he has outplayed anybody else. He has not outplayed Francisco Pena. Francisco Pena is a career backup, and Francisco Pena has taken the ball and ran with it, and Carson Kelly has done zero. He hasn't taken a good at bat. He hasn't played well defensively. I don't understand why the same people that cry for Harrison Bader over Dexter Fowler, that cry for this guy over this guy, that this guy over this guy, are crying for Carson Kelly to play. I don't understand it. He has not taken one, I, He has been up now and hasn't taken one good at bat. And let me tell you, boo effing who, that he hasn't been, been, been patted on the ass and put behind home plate every day. You want to play every day? Go out and earn it. He hasn't done jack shit. You're going to have to – am I wrong, Mo? I mean, is there something in the numbers that tells me that I'm crazy? No, not really. I 
I wasn't a fan of Carson Kelly from the minute he came up last year. And I got roasted on Twitter when he would play and play like does now and do nothing. And, and I would say Carson Kelly is a waste. Why is he? It's, it's like these people are addicted to the fact that he was the number one catching prospect in baseball. I said, if, if that's the guideline, like if that's the standard for the number one catching prospect in baseball, then there's not a lot of good catching prospects. Because he does nothing for me. Zero. Nothing on defense. He does nothing on offense for me. He's like having two pitchers in the lineup. I, not a fan of Carson Kelly, and I haven't been for a long time. And I, I've been drug over the coals on Twitter over it, too. He has been – Benji, am I wrong? He has been completely outplayed by Francisco Pena. Completely outplayed. Oh, completely. He had, there's no – there's not even a, a conversation. We, don't, we shouldn't even be debating that. I, um, I know what you're doing uh, debating other things about him, but debating about Pena or him, there's no question, no question. There's no chance for that kid to play. Um, I told you guys before, and I'm going to say it again, potential did not get you 10 years in the big leagues. Well, maybe these days they do, but uh, <clears throat> not before. No, potential could be anything else. I hate that word anyway. So he has potential. He's a big guy. <clears throat> he works hard. He has potential, but does, have he done it here yet? No. He's been outplayed big time, and he's supposed to take uh, the horse by the ears and say, hey, listen, this is my club now. Yadi went down. I'm the number one prospect. This is my team. But he hasn't been able to do that. So Jim, I'm with you. I don't like to talk too much about it. Jim, you know I like to compare things in baseball to business or other sure. things like that. He's a stock right now that is at a loss, okay? He's below what you purchased. You had a chance to sell him for a profit, sure, okay? Or maybe hold on to him and see if he was a blue chipper and just ride it and make a ton of money on him. Right now, you bought him at 90, and he's sitting at 65. He ain't so sitting at 65. Here's what the I'd deal sell is. him if he was 65. Here's the deal. You can't sell. You cannot sell. The Cardinals cannot sell on him. They have got to stick with him to see if he'll bounce back to at least get their investment out, or maybe hold on to him a little bit longer, see if they can make a profit. But you cannot sell for a loss. You go broke that way. All right? So that's where he is. He's been exposed. And now all of a sudden, you know, his, his uh, profit and loss, all his stuff is out there. Everybody sees all this. Y you can't sell on him right now. they got to keep him in there to see if they can salvage anything. He, he's just – It's uh, a business. I don't uh, – you call it whatever you want. He's not very good. Josh, I know – you wanted him to play every day. What do you think now? At, at before the DL stint, sure. Yeah, before the DL stint. Whenever I'm, I'm a very big advocate on when a guy is, you know, I, not that Kelly was doing just, you know, Tyler O'Neill shit down there in AAA before he got called up. I mean, he got called up obviously because of Yachty going on, hitting the DL. But when a guy gets called up and he's supposed to be your prospect and he's supposed to be your future and or even like O'Neill, how he was tearing it up, I want him to come up and play every day. We had no idea what to expect out of Pena. To this day, I'm starting Pena every freaking game. I, I'm not taking him out of the lineup. Unless, obviously, like we had the other day where it was a night game and then a day game, I'm completely for that. That's fine. And especially with Kelly catching Reyes, that's fine with me as well. Yeah, I don't, but, listen, don't you know. But, like, that, that stuff's kind of, that's fine with me. But, yeah, at the beginning, I was I, all for I thought, you know – Kelly's called up. I didn't like him sitting in the bench last year when we called him up and he just kind of sat there. I mean, he didn't really have a purpose of being up there because he was just going to be a 
bench guy. I want him playing every day. Well, again, I you know, but he didn't earn the, the he didn't earn it, Josh. You know no, what I mean? no, and I yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and I definitely get I definitely get that. Earned it. Yeah, um, Benji, you came from an era where a guy gets called up, and you know he's got to earn playing time. Um, Mo, would you say that it, it people have? A, is there a change? Is people expect a guy to come up and play right away and not? take advantage of the opportunities that he's given, and then they want to blame people when a guy comes up and doesn't play. I, it's almost like two different philosophies in, in how you handle a, a young guy with potential. I, do you see that as being a problem, Mo? Yeah. I, I, I don't understand the obsession with prospects, but that's just me. Um, everybody wants the 23-year-old to play over the 30-year-old who's proven something. So... You know, welcome to the club, Mo. I, I don't, I don't understand it. I, uh, Dexter Fowler is Dexter Fowler. He didn't just stop playing, like he didn't just stop knowing how to play baseball. Like he, he, he collected three hits yesterday. He's going to have another three hit game coming up. Like he's going to hit the baseball, and he, but somebody comes up like Tyler O'Neill and hits three home runs in three days, and all of a sudden, oh, Dexter Fowler is the worst player in baseball. He shouldn't play anymore. Tyler, Tyler O'Neill needs to play every single day. And then what happens? He strikes out 13 of the next 19 plate appearances because he's exposed, because he's not proven anything, because he hasn't done it before. You know, And, and that's what's frustrating about this is that if a guy turns 30 in baseball, he's done. He's done. He's no good anymore. Play the kids. Play the 22-year-olds who are hitting 250 in AAA. But they can hit a home run every now and then, so they need to play every single day. It's it's frustrating, it's annoying, and I don't understand it. It's it's something I don't get. I would rather have the proven guys who have played and done it for many, 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 many years. You know, you can see a decline. Dexter Fowler is not going to be the same player this year as he was last year, and next year he won't be the same player he is this year. But he's not going to hit 150 for the entire season. That's just not who he is. You know who could hit 150 for the entire season? Tyler O'Neill. That's who could hit 150 for an entire season because he's never done anything in the major leagues before. And it's the same way with Carson Kelly. He's never done anything. He's, he's now had 115 plate appearances, which is still a small sample. He has a nine weighted runs created plus, a nine. League average is one. He's at nine. So don't tell me that he hasn't had chances. He's had 115 chances to do something, and he's missed. So I don't understand the obsession with prospects. If you have an opportunity to turn them into proven players, you do. Well, here's what I'll say. Position player prospects especially. <clears throat> I, I value pitching prospects far more than I do position player prospects. Well, let me say this. Let me find the middle ground here, even though I'm frustrated as can be. The middle ground is this, because I'm this way too. Every player that's really good started somewhere, right? I mean, they all had to get a chance. The difference is 99% of them, when they, when they were called up, they took advantage of their opportunity, and that's how they started their career. They did something. That I, I, it, it may not have been hit home runs. Maybe they took good at bats. Maybe they played good defense. Maybe they ran the bases well. Maybe they were. I don't care what it is. When they were given opportunities, they took advantage of them, and that's how they parlayed it into the start of their career. Now, you have situations where a team 
makes a roster decision, makes a roster decision, has an opening because of free agency or trade, and you take a guy and you put him in there and you live with him to see what. He, sometimes that happens. That's not the case here. That's not that's not what's going on here. The, the The bottom line is this: in this situation where you have a veteran presence on a club, you're going to have to take advantage of the opportunities that you're giving. That you're given. I thought Tyler O'Neill did fine when he came up. Okay, now he's in a second. Okay, that little stint he had was great. Now he's in another phase. Now he's got to prove that he can take advantage of the situations when he gets his opportunities to play. Okay, and he's going to have to do better. You can't, it can't be hypocritical. You can't tell him, okay, you can't tell me that he should play every day and that Dexter Fowler and Matt Carpenter shouldn't, but yet you expect Matt Carpenter and Dexter Fowler to become the players that we know they are when they're playing every three days. So, so what is it? What are you going to do here? These guys have played in the league for years. We know what they're supposed to do. Now, at some juncture, there is decline, as you mentioned. Okay? I'm not even saying I, – I, I don't even care what we do with them right now, to be completely honest with you. I just don't like how we act like – like I told somebody the other day, was I excited about Alex Reyes? Absolutely. Do I think Alex Reyes is going to be a great pitcher in the major leagues? I absolutely do. Was he going to come up here? I, I mean, again, I understood the hype, and I got it. I facetiously – very jokingly, when Josh put his thing out, selected the lowest number of strikeouts, and I just happened to be right. I only did that kind of playing around, but the reality of it is, guess what we have up here that they don't have down there? We have major league hitters up here who have a better understanding of the strike zone. That's what makes them major league hitters. Yes, he had a bunch of strikeouts in the minor leagues, okay? And you know what? A lot of them weren't in the strike zone. They were pitches that were swung at by guys because they don't have an understanding of the strike zone like they do up here. Or there were pitches set up that caused them to swing at pitch. So that's kind of my point. When you get up here, it's just different. Kudos to Jack Flaherty and what he's done. He is definitely uh, 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 doing well, no different than Luke Weaver did when he came up last year. There's a learning period for all these young guys. Okay, To just believe that they're going to come up here and be stars, it happens, but it doesn't happen to every one of them. They're going to adjust to you. This is one thing that the fans need to understand. They might be raking in AAA, like, for example, O'Neill, right? But they, these pitchers, they will, they will adjust to you. The more they see you, the more they find your weakness. Now, what do you do when they find your weakness? That's why I like when Mo said, uh, Tyler O'Neill has a better chance to finish in 150 than Dexter Fowler because it's, they're different hitters. Uh, O'Neill haven't been exposed too many times. So guess what? When, when it's happening right now, 13 out of 19 last out has been freaking strikeouts. Don't you think they found something on him? Yeah, they did. This is the big leagues. They study everything of you. Okay, this is a weakness. Now, O'Neill has to come out of the weakness and show the Cardinals that he can come out and he can, okay, I'm struggling right now, buddy, but don't worry. I'm going to come out. I'm going to hit the ball again. I'm going to start hitting everything, and I'm going to adjust to this pitching. That's what he needs to show. But if it doesn't happen, uh, that's when you notice, you know, that's when you start noticing who who stays and who should go, man. I'm telling you, Mo, explain it perfectly. It's one of the, the, the things that I like about that. It's because he said it clearly, even with uh, Carson Kelly. What, what has Carson Kelly done up here? that dictates the fans to say he should start. That's what I want to know. You know, so these are the little things that happen through the season. But if you show them that you can bounce back, like O'Neal in this case, 
if you show them you can bounce back, hey, they'll put you in because you know how to deal with those struggles. But if he keeps struggling, he's going to end up in AAA trying to regroup again. Uh, Mo, as we look at this, um, you know, you brought up Tyler O'Neill, and I know we're being hard on him right now. Um, what are you seeing? I mean, is there any cause for thinking that he is uh, capable of bouncing back from these uh, the, this latest little stretch here? I mean, the same way that Randall Gritchick did. That's that's what he is. You know, that's he's different. Harrison Bader is a, is is more of a pure hitter than Tyler O'Neill. O'Neill is is just another Randall Gritchick. That's I, I'm I'm not. Yeah, he's huge and he he can hit home runs and but he's gonna hit. 220 and not walk, you know. So you look at his numbers in the minors compared to Gritchick's, and it's just I don't know. He he doesn't do much for me. He he's he's going to go through streaks where he hits three home runs in three days, and then he's going to strike out 20 of the next 30 times. That's just that seems to be who he is. And you have to think, yeah, the Cardinals got him for Marco Gonzalez, but there has to be a reason the Mariners didn't think too much of him to just give him away for that, you know. You know, the Cardinals aren't the only front office that knows things about players, so you have to look at both sides of the trade and go, why did Seattle not not want him? You know, why why did they choose to trade him? And I'm sure that they see the same things we're seeing now. Yeah, didn't Seattle just pick up Dernard Spann, for Christ's hey, sake? I, I got a question for Mo. <laughs> hey, Mo. Yeah, go ahead. I got a question for Mo. My brother came here yesterday, Mo, and he said that, um, I don't know if it's true, I want you to check it out for me, but he said that, the average, a guy at third, not, the conversation started very simple. I told them that they need to bunt more in the big leagues because it gets the guys over to second and third with one out and the percentage of scoring the guy from third on less than two outs should be high for good hitters, obviously. Not, not bad hitters, not the hitters these days, but, but uh, most of the hitters are, are, you know, contact hitting and bring the guy in. So, he told me that I was wrong because he wouldn't bunt because the percentage of that second and third one out was 95% that they never did it. And that's an average in the whole major league, not just one team, right? Not, not the Cardinals, no, no, no. The whole major league, 95% of the time, they don't bring the guy from third uh, and uh, from third and less than two outs. 95% of the, of the major league players never bring him up. And I told him, I said, that's pretty high because there's some good hitters out there that make that percentage go, go uh, not, not, so, not being so true. But also, we have worse hitters these days. We have worse hitters, the guys that strike out, the launch angle, uh, and whatever you want to say. They struck out or they hit it out. That's why that percentage could be up. But I would love to see if you can find out if that's true, because I, I find it hard to believe that 95% of the guy from third less than two outs doesn't score. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'll have to look into that. That's interesting. I find that to be surprisingly high as well, um, just based on, you know, just, just looking at the fact that league average is 250, so you'd think that they got about a 25% chance of getting a base hit, let alone a sack fly. So. Yeah, I'll have to look yeah, at or that. Ground ball, the, uh, because a lot of times the the infielders are back. They don't play in yeah. all the time. So you can hit a ground ball, score a run. But but he was in for it, man. He was crazy to hear him talk because 
he's an old school guy, and he said um, he likes the bunt. Don't get me wrong, but but he was into it because why would I, why would I want to give away a bunt? Why would I want to give away a, um, an out when when these guys can go to third and second? He might score. He has a better chance to score from second anyway. I think that's bullcrap, man. I think I think if you bunt him over, the reason you bunt this guy over is because he's hitting 190. It's because he's hitting 200. It's because he's hitting 220. You see what I'm saying? That's the reason why you bunt the guy and then take your chances of scoring one run, at least one run, from third and less than two outs. But he told me 95% don't do the job in the major leagues altogether. I'm like I, I don't I don't believe that man. So that's why I wanted to bring up to you. Okay, yeah, I'll look into that because that I find that surprisingly high as well. Yeah, I, I that is that's a high number. I mean, I I listen. I I understand the thought process, and, and you know, I guess fans. The the thing I hear the most is play for the big inning, play for the big inning. That I mean, that's the big thing. I I've never understood. You what? play, Jimbo. You play more for the big inning, but you don't score I know. more than no, I know. what you will score but hit the ball. No, I know. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm just completely confused why we don't do it more. But again, I, you know, you got numbers people telling you, ah, check the numbers. Da 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 da. And I'm like, okay, look, I'm not here to debate your numbers. I get <laughs> it. You know, I, it, I don't know. I, I find that in <laughs> that. Crazy. I, I would assume. Now, this is my assumption. My assumption is, is that the number the, the 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 average that the guy scores from third with less than two outs my guess would be judging by the amount of people that cry and whine when you talk about bunting the guy over my my guess would be is that the number is not as high as i think it is but i have a hard time believing it's that low that seems really low but let me let me tell you this let me tell you and you guys know it the bunting a guy over usually before, the, the time before, we were talking about when I was playing. When there was guys hitting 280, most of our lineup was hitting 280, 270. It would get the guy in. It was obvious. Why? Because it's 280, 270. They put the ball on play. They don't strike out a lot. So guess what? Most of the time, we throw the bat at the ball, and it's a fly ball to left. We get a run in. But these guys these days, not all of them, of course, but all of these guys, most of them, they strike out. 100 or plus times they strike out i saw a game guys basically loaded one out and i saw a guy from minnesota swinging three times to the fences to the fences and minnesota was playing the infield back i mean the other team was playing the infield back minnesota was hitting and this kiddo swung out of his butt three times i'm like dude choke up Put the ball on play. They're giving the run to you. But that's why these days you're going to see that they might not want to bunt because they don't have the best hitters. You know, they don't have good hitters. I mean, I shouldn't say good hitters, but we have better hitters when we played before. That's that's just not – there's not – I mean, there's the superstars that we don't even talk about it. But, but the middle guys like us, I was a 280 hitter, a 270 hitter. But guess what? A guy at third, man, I'm going to put the ball in play. The hell with you. I ain't going to go for the fence. I'm not going to go strike out out there and leave the guy at third. Hell no. But these days, these guys, the younger guys, they like to go for the fences. You tell you tell Tyler O'Neill that a guy is at third less than two outs and see if he changes his approach to hit a ground ball or short. You tell me. 
You think Tyler O'Neill is going to hit a ground ball short, changing his approach? Hell no. He's going to try to hit a freaking grand slam. He's going to try to hit a uh, whatever, five-run home run. So deep. No, that's why we see this number probably raising, which I think is still way high. I don't believe it, but it is crazy. Another thing that I want to do real quick. My brother told me the organization believes in the 220 hitter because he's unlucky. Okay, you hear that? Unlucky. These words are being said in meetings. 220, I'd rather play the 220 guy that hits the ball everywhere and he's great hitting, but out. Obviously, he's hitting 220, but he's unlucky. But I don't want to play the 305 that breaks the bat, hit the tip of the bat, gets on base, infield hits, because he's a lucky hitter. Are you freaking kidding me? This is happening in the minor leagues, bro. This is happening in the minor leagues. They don't play the 300 because he's just lucky. We don't want to play him because he's just lucky. We want to play the 220 because he hits the ball hard. And I'm like, bro, bro, two. 20, 220, you don't understand that, 220, I don't care lucky or unlucky, you're still hitting 220, you're not doing the job, and he got all over me for that, he said, oh, they're playing him because the 305 guy is just lucky, what the hell are we getting into this baseball thing, man, it's crazy. Well, I can, <laughs> you know, I, I know, uh, Mo had to go, but I know we appreciate, you know, obviously, you know, everything that he brings to the show and the way the way he helps us with the numbers. I, again, I, I wonder, you know, the thing is, and I've always said this, the one thing about the numbers for me and, and, again, what I know about the game behind the scenes just from, you know, being around it, it's the way the training is being done because of these numbers. And it is funny how you talk about Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill is a younger player that's coming up through these minor league systems and I've always said that, and I don't know the answer to this because I've never, I, I, number one, I, I haven't asked him. Um, I'm not sure I would ask him because I feel like it would be putting him in a bad spot to answer a question that people may not like the answer to, and he would actually not be answering it for himself. He'd be answering for somebody else. And that's this. Is that the way they, is that the way they teach now? Like, my guess is that Tyler O'Neill has a hitting coach somewhere in this world, whether it's back home, wherever it is, that has told him the numbers say you absolutely should not change your swing with two strikes because that is what's being taught now. It's, it's, it's obvious. It's a, oh, number, number one, 100%. it's a fact. It's a fact. So the, prob- so the thing is, and that's why we just saw the other day that Matt Carpenter's quote-unquote went on this tear after he met with the analytics department. So what did the analytics department tell no, him? Well, wait. we all know what they told him. They all told him, look, you need to just keep, keep doing what you're doing. You're, you're, you're hitting into bad luck. It does appear to me that ever since he met with him, he's swinging earlier in counts. So mm-hmm. maybe somebody from the analytics department did say, hey, look. But here's the thing about that, and this is what kills me, okay? I, I was, I, I'm like Chevy Chase from Saturday Night Live. I was told there'd be no math, okay? I didn't need one analytic to know that he needed to be swinging at strikes earlier in the count to have more success. I, I don't understand what yeah, analytics guy, science. I don't understand what analytics it took to know. Look, I, I'll give you the only analytic you need to know. Just go look at it. I've said it on the show now. I, I, it, it's become a broken record. 
the one number that if you want to you want to talk numbers all day long, go look at the one that has the biggest background, the biggest data behind it, and that's go look at the players' averages in certain counts. That one is undisputable. Undisputable. And we're talking about a big sample size, right? It's every player. And then, and, and when earlier in the count, when you're ahead, guys, uh, it, it's not rocket science. A guy hits better on 00 than he does 02. <laughs> a guy hits better 10 than he does 12. It, it's just, it's not rocket. That's not rocket science. It, but it's not, it's not science, bro. That's it's the. Not, it's that, not somebody has to tell you. Nobody has to tell you that, right? I mean, no. No, no, no guy from analytics has to come, hey, hey, uh, Cart, um, man, you're a 300 hitter when you're on top of the count. Swing at those pitches. Hell no, man, that don't happen. Hell no, there ain't nobody. They, these are not freaking, these kids, they know what the hell they are doing, man. I'm going to give you one example and I'm done, man. Uh, there's a guy in Anaheim who hit great for the past two years. Uh, this year he can't even break 200. But guess what? In the offseason, he didn't want to work with his hitting coaches in Anaheim. He went and, and paid a guy ten thousand dollars to work with his hitting. And look at what he look at what he's doing now. He can't even break two hundred. He can't even find a hit. He can't even buy a hit in Amazon. I mean, it's it's just nuts that these kiddos are growing up thinking that the. I mean, okay, I'm gonna go work out. Okay, dude. The best players, and that's why St. Louis had the best teams. And anybody that I talk to is going to say it. The freaking teams had ballers. Ballers. Uh, remember that word for the fans out there. Ballers. Ballers mean I'm going to choke the crap out of my bat with two strikes and I'm going to put it on play. I'm going to get the guy over uh, to third from second, trying to get a hit to the right side. It doesn't mean break your bat and get a ground ball. It means work your way to a base hit the other way or a base hit or keep the rally going the other way. But if at least if you don't do it, the hell with that, I get the guy over the third. I mean, ballers, man. That's why St. Louis is about getting the guy over and getting the guy in. What the heck? No strikeout. No, none of that crap hitting hitting and be low, you know, and all that crap. That was that's not St. Louis, bro. That's not St. Louis. I I mean, I don't know, Josh. It's, I mean, as a fan, what do you like I, Well, it's I I had a conversation what was I think it was yesterday. Yeah, about Jose Martinez and, you know, his defense over offense. His offense is way outweighs. And I don't think and I didn't even realize it until I started looking it up like you said with, you know, runners in scoring position, two outs, stuff like that. I love I've been looking at that since day 1 and that's that's the kind of stuff that I think matters more than anything. Jose Martinez with runners in scoring position, 333 average with 24 RBIs. Yeah. And with two outs. We would be 10 more games below without that guy. Let's put it that way. And with and this is my point, and this is and this is the main thing is with our anemic offense, you really want to take out a bat like Jose Martinez? No. I, I I just I don't I don't see that it, defense. I get it. We all can, we all have two eyes. We all majority of us, and we can see that Jose does not look comfortable over there. Sometimes he 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 doesn't. You know, I don't know what his explanation was for not hustling down the line and grabbing that that ball that got away from him. But you know, it, he didn't even turn his head. So I, and that's no excuse. But you know what I mean. Like his offense, though, and, and I'm is, not judging that either. No, I'm not I mean he's a great first baseman. 
because you never hear me say that. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that he's a great first baseman. I never said that. Uh, all I'm saying is at least this is what we have because he's our third hitter guy, right? That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say that he's a great first base and he should be playing because of defense. If it was for defense, Carp shouldn't play. Even though he gets everything, like Jimbo said, he gets everything right there. Yeah, of course, he doesn't have to move three feet. Yep. You know, he doesn't have a range. He doesn't have to, to get to the ball. It's not, like, it's not like Wong, where Wong can reach out six feet and get a ball or more. You know what I'm saying? So it's different spots to, to, to do that. When Carp wasn't hitting, I mean, come on, man. Did, did he really help us? Mm-mm. Did he really, really help us win games when he wasn't hitting? He was Jose Martinez, even though with his crappy defense, even though he wasn't playing good defense, he was Jose Martinez who was getting those big hits for us, and he still is. That's what I'm trying to tell you guys. Yep, and um, he works all the whole field. Win. He can hit. He hits and the Carp ball all over win. the place. He can hit. And Carp didn't win for us. I, you know, I'm ready for all of them. How to many go. wins, Carp? <laughs> How many wins Carp will give us? Because these are the two guys we're kind of, I always, you know, kind of talk about. But Well, Carp, two weeks Carp ago or today? <laughs> well, a few weeks ago, he started hot. But what happened <laughs> yeah. to the month and a half after? Oh, I know. Before? Oh, I know. At least he was playing decent defense. Yeah. I just, I'm and a- then whenever he gets uh, some, of those, some of those games that he got hot, we still lost the game. Yep. You know, again, my my whole thing on it is this. You can't have that. You can't have guys that are on one end of the spectrum and can't do the other. Again, I Carp, not good defensively. Jose Martinez, not good defensively. You can have one. That's my point. But you can't have a whole team of them, and that's what we got. Exactly. You cannot have many, many guys like that. You can have one and and survive. But – you cannot have these guys and then that guy and then these guys out of position and that guy's out of position. Then the outfielder, you know, he's the first time he plays. Oh, oh, oh Carp is just playing everywhere. Oh, uh, Jericho is not a shortstop. He's a third baseman. Uh, you can't have that and expect to win. They're, they're doing it, trying to win with pitching. That's what they are doing. In their head, they're saying pitching win games. That's what they're doing. And if we can scrap three runs, two runs, we'll be fine. It's so worked before. I think, you know, before, before yeah, the, yeah. I mean, it, it's all about your team strategy. It's all about what you got in front of you and what you can, what you have to work with. So if we have pitching to work with, well, then we need to have those one or two guys that are in the lineup swinging the stick very well. We need to keep them in there, and we can't take them out. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, pitching exactly can right. win because we can't afford it, Josh. Yep. And we I can't afford. To, yep. First of all, we can't afford to lose games. No. Okay? We can't afford to lose one game we cannot afford. That's why it kills me every time we lose when we're winning or something like that. <clears throat> it kills me. I know it's going to happen because that's through the whole 162 games. We're going to have games like that. But it kills me because we cannot. A San Luis Cardinal team right now cannot cannot afford to lose the games like that. They can, We cannot afford to do that. I'll tell you, 100%. Well, I can tell you just again, that's kind of where I'm coming from is that I'm not quite sure how we how we get to where we have to go here only because seriously, look at it. I 
You want to look at something? Yeah. Look at Tommy Pham right now. Well, see there. I mean, I mean, oh, All Star Pham. I've been an advocate for him. I've I've hoped that he that was the big thing was is getting his eyes you know checked out and getting that's that another fixed. thing. Why but does it now, have to be his eyes? I mean, uh, who knows what it is? Why is everybody I'm just saying it's it, his eyes? I mean, no, not you. I'm, it's yeah, just love, dude. Yeah, and no, and that yeah, it could it it's could very well be. But with his with his with his history, you can't help but have it in the back of your mind thinking, well, his eyes, up oh, his legs. Well, yeah, this. it's okay. It's okay, Josh. Yeah, it's, I just I'm worried okay about him now because it's getting to 33. Is. Yeah, it. it. He is in a slump. Now it's time for him to get out of it because he's still hitting 270. I yep. mean, it, it's not like the other guys. The other guys is harder because well, Carp at least came up over 200, which it looks better, but. Fowler, it's really hard on these kids, man. It's really harsh to go and, and, and get this, this Fowler get going because one game, like you said, he get three hits. But then two more games later, he, he goes 0 for 6. And yep. then the batting average still won something. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. For us as players, it's really harsh to see that number out there because you put a lot more pressure into, into yourself because you want to do it so bad. But when you're at 320 and you go to 270, I bet you anything he comes out. He comes out because he, he's feeling a little better. He feels he knows he can do it. He was up there already. So he, he'll be all right. He, he'll be okay. We just need – we all saw what happened when we score runs. We can win against anybody. All we need to worry about if I'm the uh, Cardinals, all I worry about right now is my offense and see how can I get five runs a game. How why can I get four runs a game and see if I can just dominate these guys with my pitching? That's what I I'll be thinking. Well, and the fact of the matter is, we're at a point where um, having depth is great. But you know, I I, I got to agree. I think it was Brad Thompson and was saying on the radio the other day. He's like Benji's a guy that played a game. How much depth can you have that's not helping you at the big league level? As sooner or later, you trade from depth and try to get something to help you. And that's why, you know, I had brought up earlier yes. the whole Machado thing. I don't I have I have zero idea whether or not they can really get him or not. I have zero idea, but I'm willing to trade from our depth to get him only because that's what it's for. It's not just for the big leagues. And we've pointed out numerous times that it's a gamble. It is an absolute gamble. Yes, it is. It's a gamble that we'll sign Machado. It's a gamble for Baltimore that the tr- the prospects that we trade them ever work out. Because the odds are they won't. I don't care what you say. The odds are that these prospects will not work out. It's that hard, guys. It is that hard. Now, the reason it hurts is because you and me and everybody else have been fed these prospects' names now for two years, just like we were fed Carson Kelly, just like we were fed Colby Rasmus, and we were fed Jim Lindemann. And we were, I can go on and on and on about all the guys over the years that we were told were going to be star players that just didn't work out for one reason or another. Now, the problem is, and I get it, is that you get an Albert Pujols, right? I, 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 right? You get an Albert Pujols. You get a Tommy Pham. You get a guy that comes up and is a good player. But for every one of those guys, there's a laundry list of guys that didn't make it. Don't forget that. And that's all I'm saying. So... 
when you have an opportunity to go get a proven player and not just a proven player, like if people want to argue that Marcelo Zuna was proven, that you can argue that all day long. You cannot argue about Manny Machado. You can't argue about it. So we'll see what happens. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is there's not any package. I'm telling you right now, there's not a package they could make for him that I would complain. Nothing. And I mean that. Jimbo, Nothing. Jimbo, I learned a long time ago, I learned, and this is 93 when I signed pro baseball, I learned that not because somebody say you're a prospect means you will make it. Listen, I learned that deal a long time ago. I was so far from being a prospect. $1,000 signing bonus. Let's go to the minor leagues. I was the sixth best catcher without even touching a glove uh, of catching there. Six. Six. That's how far I was. We had six catchers, and I was the worst one that they ever thought about. I wasn't even a prospect. And I give you my example because I could give you others that had signed for 1.5 and $2 million and, and only made it two years, and they're, they're back home uh, after two years. Uh, and then the one, uh, Vladimir Guerrero signed him for 1000 and he's a Hall of Famer. Do you think he was a prospect when he signed? Hmm? Doesn't make him that he was going to make it. You know, it doesn't make it for sure that he was going to make it, no. no. Just fans out there that are listening, not because they say that you're a prospect means you're going to do good in the big leagues and stay up here in the big leagues. That, that's not what it means. It means that you're a prospect. That's all it means, that you might have a better chance that a guy that's not a prospect to make it, but doesn't mean for sure you're going to hit 20 home runs. Everybody thought Grichik was a prospect. That's what they say, right? First-round draft Grichik pick. was a prospect. And, and yeah, that's what I'm saying. First-round pick, and what have he done? That's what I'm trying to say to the fans. It's like, man, well, just because you hear the freaking word prospect, like Carson Kelly or O'Neill, these young guys, doesn't mean they're going to be great. That, that's, not what, that's not what it means, man. So get that in your head. Well, again, that's why I said, and I, you know, I mean it when I say this. If they traded for him tomorrow, I, I don't care who's in the deal. And I mean, I don't care who. I mean, I know there's a couple names that would send you off your chair over there, Josh. I don't care. Because he's a proven dude. He is a proven dude. Now, you can get upset because he's not signed, but I'm willing to take my chances because you're taking a chance on the prospects, too. Pretty simple. Anyway, that, hey, listen, that's a why, conversation why for another day. Why can't you take a chance on a guy that's proven and, and, then not take, and then take a chance on prospects that has never done it? I agree. And I understand you the signing thing. I understand the whole, well, I mean, if he's just a rental, but I don't know. I, I Listen, I don't have a great answer for that. They get paid a lot of money to figure that out over there, and I can assure you as I sit here today, they've got a whole bunch of money over there. And if they want to give a whole bunch of it to Manny Machado, the only way you're probably going to get him is by getting him here, and hopefully it works out. It is a gamble. Absolutely it's a gamble. He needs to get here. They need to do well. You know, the, the yeah, I guess maybe the city and, you know, get here, experience the city. Hopefully the atmosphere is great. Hopefully they win. Winning cures all ills. We know that, right? And then give him a whole bunch of money. All right, Jimbo, happy. so now tell the fans, do you think it's going to happen this year or it's going to be free agents? 
Um, do I? Th- what are you asking me? Do I think the Cardinals will get Manny Machado? Yes. Uh, I think they will. Yes, and and I have my reasons. Just like I felt they'd really go after Stanton. The Stanton thing didn't work because he had a no trade clause. I don't think Manny does. So I don't think so either. I don't think Manny has a no trade clause in his there, his, his contract. So the, do I think they'll go get him? No, in these guys. Yeah, I, I do. I think no, in these guys. I, I don't think they will this year. I think they will go uh, make a pitch at the free agency. Yeah, I think they might, but I don't think they will give away anybody for a rental this year. Well, I, l- let's say this. I, I will say this. If the names Alex Reyes and Jack Flaherty aren't involved, I think they'll do it. I really do. I don't – this is – and here's my thing. Would so, you want to give away those <clears throat> No, that's my point. I don't think their names will be involved, but – I don't think – a deal wouldn't get done if those two names were involved or either either or. I mean, that's all it's speculation. Not, yeah, I mean, it, we have no idea. But here's my thing. So I have, I have this, like, little scenario plotted out in my head of why I don't want Manny Machado right now. I want him in the offseason. I want him, I want the Cardinals to go get him in the offseason and pay him the money that he's that he's earned, and and for future you know production. That's what I want. But here's here's what I'm going to say, and a selling point for the Cardinals to get him on this roster is if we can make it to the playoffs without him this year, and let's say we lose in you know the NLDS, you know whatever, then we, hey, Manny, come on over here. That's all we need. And then we're winning a World Series. If he comes over here and we don't even make the playoffs, you can bet your ass we're not re-signing him. Even if we make it to the wild card game and lose, we're not re-signing him. Period. I, there's no way in hell. But as a selling point for him to come over and say, we just need that extra little bump and you can do it for us, Manny. Let's win us a World Series here in St. Louis. That's, that's, that's where I'm getting at right now. And on top of not letting go our friggin' prospects, who we have control over for the next five-plus years. Yeah, all, uh, that, all, that's what – All great points. You know what I mean? I so you. that's, all great that's what I'm I, – I want Manny. <laughs> Hell I, yeah. Move, move I, the young over to third. I Listen, this has been going on for over a year where I've said and – and listen, I was excited about the possibilities of Stanton coming here for a variety of reasons. But I have said for two years that a player has never made more sense for the St. Louis Cardinals than Manny Machado. Okay? And, but we'll see what happens. Again, I, I, I don't make those decisions. But, but again, I will tell you this. But that's why the other people say about Josh Donaldson too, Jimbo. Uh, well, listen, I, well, I don't want to – listen, I, there's no way. Not you, though. I Not know. you, but – And I love Josh Donaldson. He's one of my favorite players. I love him. I love everything about him. But this guy has been dealing with the same calf injury now for over a year. It's recurring. And, it's not, and he's not – He's older, and he's going to want a lot of money. Like, Well, sure he is. I mean, for being – This <sighs> is it for him. This will be it for him. He is going to – Try to he is going to try to make as much money as he can. And the bottom line is this, you know, I, he wants to win, right? He's in the he's going to be in that same thing as man. Where am I going? Where am I going to finish my career? Am I going to have a chance to win? You know, people. He's going to get a lot of money regardless. But again, I don't I don't want another guy over here that is in and out of the lineup all the time because of an injury. I mean, this is becoming borderline Tulowitzk, Troy Tulowitzki ish. I mean, seriously, every time you turn around, he's out of the lineup with the, with the same problem. And again, how do I know this? Because I follow the guy. I follow him for a variety of reasons. But the bottom line is he's well, in and out of the lineup all the time. You to know that he's not playing. <laughs> now, the pro- the, what makes Josh Donaldson as attractive is he did get himself healthy last year and had, what, an unbelievable two or three months? Mm-hmm. Unreal. So you see what he can do. 
okay? But he's listen, Benji played there. He's told you a hundred times that's a bam box. Okay, now while I don't expect him to come here and be awful, okay, it's not turn it's not the Sky Dome. Bush Stadium's not the Sky Dome, so let's not let's not make any But that's why that's why I thought that Osuna uh here to us it's okay because he's played at a big park in Miami. Um, like Machado, when he goes to freaking Camden Yard, which is Camden Yard is a matchbox. I mean, it's so easy to hit a fly ball and just hit it out. Oh, the father, he's going to be playing here, bro. That Those balls that are home runs over there, they're warning track power outs, not even doubles. Most of those are outs. Ask anybody. Ask Pujols. He'll tell you. He said, I would have had 100 more home runs already if I play in Houston, if I play in Milwaukee, if I play in Chicago, if I play, he'll name them. But he played in St. Louis, and he said, no, no, it ain't happening in St. Louis, bro. And then he goes to Anaheim. It's the same. Anaheim's actually worse than St. Louis, by the way. Yeah. He can't even hit a ball out of there in the night. It's just thick air. So, I mean, it, it could happen, too. I mean, with Manny, you can bring him over from a nice stadium of, of Baltimore and then all of a sudden to a beautiful stadium in St. Louis. But he's a little bit far out, man. It's Those fences are out. It might it might play a role there. But I don't. I won't mind him. Shoot, I will have Manny today. Well, and I've said it, too. There's a variety of reasons why he makes sense. He's a face. You know, well, that, I don't think there's very many other suitors your, now. Your face uh, is getting, you know, I mean, Yachty's already come out and said this is this contract is it. I'm done. Your face is going away in a couple. I, it, it makes too much sense. Now, again. I don't believe it. You don't believe Do you? what? I don't believe Yachty will retire, man. That's so <laughs> He come out and said it. He said, this is <laughs> it. I'm done. Two more years. I know, but uh, inside of him, you better be prepared to give him two more years somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, don't start that right now. Let's get through the next couple years, all right? Anyway, hey, listen, good conversation today. Like I said, I I think the – listen, I think in the end we're frustrated. Yeah. Well, I think we're all frustrated by this team. And I'm going to tell you right now – Well, I told you guys, though. I I mentioned to you guys. I said if we're winning, nobody's going to notice anything. As soon as we start losing these games that we want to win and so bad against Pittsburgh and Milwaukee or whoever, that's when it's going to show, man. That's when it's going to be, you know? Well, I, again, I, I, I'll i say this. In, who do you trust in that bullpen right now? There's a couple guys, and that's it. Norris and Hicks. Yeah. I, that's it. That's it. I mean, I, you know, Brebbia hasn't been great. Tyler Lyon's been awful. Cecil's been awful. Tui was great, and then I think we kind of just overused him a little bit. Maybe, maybe I don't don't think we overused him. I think he just had a rough game. Tui's been good. I mean, I'm not going to blow up Tui over a game. I, I still give, I still keep running Tui out there. I think he's done a pretty good job. Yeah. Um. But that being said, listen. When half the guys in your bullpen you can't trust, you can't. I mean, I'm not even going to get into this. This is stupid. So (laughs) anyway, um. I don't care who's the manager. I don't care how you use them. When you use them and they get blown up, I don't know how that's going to get fixed Consistently by blown up. And, again, all you got to do is look at the great managers when their bullpen stink. All of a sudden, they're not so great. It's pretty simple. I tell you before, when, these, when they're doing good, everything is great. 
when they're doing bad and we're losing, everything's going to come to to float. Well, we've kind of went over our time slot today. It's time to get out of here. We want to thank everybody for joining us here on Two Birds on a Bat. Don't forget our social media partners. We couldn't do the show without them as they've continued to help our show grow and reach, uh, you know, every week it seems like we break a record, and we appreciate the social media sites for being such a big player in that. It starts with, obviously, Nate McHenry and his wonderful RileySquirrel.com Facebook page. If you'd like to be a member of the RileySquirrel Club, you simply go to RileySquirrel.com, learn more about how you, too, can be a member of the RileySquirrel Club. Uh, become eligible for those prizes in the premium podcast. Uh, again, it's real easy to do. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, you too could be a member of the Rally Squirrel Club. Don't forget our friend Chris Lawless, Cardinals Nation, Cardinals 24-7, him and Ron Nuttall now with Cardinals 24-7 podcast. Good stuff. I love what those guys are doing. Um, they've, uh, you know, they've supported us from the beginning. We're here to support them. That's a podcast we definitely want you to check out. Don't forget our friends over there at Cardinals 24-7 and Cardinals Nation. Of course, you heard me mention Team of Rivals podcast. I like that one, too. I like the whole Cardinal Cub concept. I think it's awesome. Um, some of the great Facebook, uh, Facebook groups that ha- have, have really helped us. Mick Light over at Art City Media has done a good job of promoting our show for us. We appreciate everything he's done for the promotion of our show. Everything STL Sports, Cardinal Freak, thank you so much. And, again, guys, I say it all the time. There's some tremendous, tremendous uh, things. Josh, you started a uh, a podcast group. Tell us. Yeah, um, it's a Facebook page. It's um, so since working here, you know, I are you know hanging out up here with you guys and 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 seeing and learning about all these different podcasts. I was like, I I didn't even know that all these were you know even existed. So why not create a Facebook page that had all of the podcasts, all the Cardinals podcasts listed under one Facebook page? It's Cardinals Podcast Network. That's all you got to type in and search it, like my page, follow, you know, and I'll, and I'm, and I'm pretty decent about keeping up with it. It's still brand new. So it's still fresh. I'm still getting better at it, but uh, yeah, it's just all these. I mean, I think there's 17 Cardinals podcasts. Yeah. I probably knew about four of them. Well, some of the great Facebook pages as well. Cardinals nation, Cardinals 24 seven. We mentioned those, everything STL sports, Cardinal freak. Um, You know, fans of Yachty or Molina is a good one. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals nation is another good one. Uh, beast, uh, there's a beast mode one that's pretty good. Beast mm-hmm. mode Cardinals, uh, Rally Express, uh, STL Cardinals is a good one. Again, there's no shortage of them out there. If you want to get involved in some great STL Cardinals crew, there's a Cardinals one. There's all kinds of Facebook groups out there if you want to be a part of them and learn more. Get out there, learn about them. Check us out on Twitter. We are at Birds on a Bat Show. Find us again on Facebook, Two Birds on a Bat. Like our page. You can find the Facebook group Birds on a Bat. That's also us if you want to join as well. Um, don't forget us on Instagram, Two Birds on a Bat Show. Uh, again, special thanks to our sponsors. We couldn't do this without Randy Green and Stephanie over at InnovativeCompanies.com. Residential, commercial, or industrial, doesn't matter. They've got you covered. Okay, we got the plumbing team, heating and cooling. Uh, everybody probably needs them right now. Don't forget the construction team. And now plumbing underneath that umbrella as well. They can take care of you in one stop. That's our man, Randy Green, 35 years experience, a second-generation craftsman, and more importantly, a man of his word. Give him an opportunity for your business over at InnovativeCompanies.com. Mark Marcuso, Arlington Greens, thank you for your continued support. If you haven't played Arlington Greens in a while, get over there and check it out. It is the hidden jewel over here in the Midwest. That's Arlington Greens down in Granite City. My man, Mark Marcuso. Top it off with some Adam Smokehouse. Go see Mike and Frank and all the gang over at Adam Smokehouse. I want some ribs, and I want them now. Check out Adam Smokehouse. Josh, thanks so much for joining us. Special thanks to Brian Kroc, Andrew Allen, and, of course, Mo's Algorithm for joining us as well. Steve-O, who had to go early, and, of course, my man on the M4Bayati.com hotline, Mr. Benji Molina. Don't forget Yo Radio. Go download it today. It's absolutely free. 
That's the way we thank our friends here at lineupmedia.fm. They take your entertainment time seriously. Brian Crock, Andrew Allen, thanks for all you do behind the scenes. Let's go, Birds! Go, Birds! Go, Birds! This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.